all the women, all the women in Beverly Hills get Botox in their neck. Really? Did you guys read um, I Feel no. Bad About My Neck by Nora Ephron? No. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. It's um, like an essay collection, but are, the title is I Feel Bad About My Neck. And it's all these like rich women in New York who can't hide that they're aging on their neck, but like yeah. they can, they've all gotten worked on their face. So they all wear these like massive scarves and like <laughs> lovely turtlenecks and things like that. And it's just, it's brilliant. And I didn't, I didn't know about necks until I read this and I was like, oh, Stop. oh, it's the like thing it, because you can, yeah. it doesn't have any bone structure to hold off of. So it like, it's the first thing to show and that. It's, and it's like uh, Madonna and her hands, hands and yeah. her gloves. Yeah. But I mean, we shouldn't be afraid of aging, but no. it starts to happen. I'm like, I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to Good Good Luck Luck With with The the Book. The podcast that celebrates all things books with plenty of news, stories and chats. Anyway, before we get too tucked in today, pass the pod, everyone. If you can, that'd be amazing. And if you can give us five five stars, stars. absolutely. So that'd be amazing. Yeah, so how was your week? I know you're pretty busy at the moment. Well, no. Well, I finished. I'm finished all my Oh my God. I'm finished college. Well, for until September. So it's really weird because I was walking home from work today going, I don't have to go up into the attic. Like, so. (laughs) (laughs) Give your life back. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. Very odd feeling. Time kind for of like a, a Netflix show. A really yeah, good one. Well, in fairness, <laughs> I watched the bold type all through my the last few weeks of study. That was my like brain, you know, no brain required pro- yeah. viewing. And now I'm raging because I'm finished it. But I want it's like the other end of the pendulum. Yeah. So you can just kind of wind down. Yeah. That's why I watch like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> I actually do. I actually realized the more I have to do serious things, the more I regress to like children's shows and teen shows. And it's almost like the more serious my life gets that my mind just revolts and kind of goes. Well, it's a good idea to have that switch off. Gilmore Girls is my usual one. I I know I could watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm thinking I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Because what's my, yeah, that now in Star Trek, Voyager. Jamie, John hates I, it. Like, I hate hates it. it. I just don't, how? <laughs> I don't even know how I'm friends with someone that likes <laughs> At the moment, you know, Arrival is on Netflix. Have you seen that film? It's the one no. where the aliens come to Earth. It's a language, oh. it, but it's not really about the aliens. It's more about the communication, how they learn to communicate with the aliens. Your one is in it. Well, I could say your one. I hate saying that. Who is the one? She's not, she's not Isla like Fisher. Amy Adams. Amy Adams is in it and she's amazing in it. It's actually a beautiful story. The first, I watched it a couple of years ago and I didn't get anything out of it, but the, this time I really enjoyed it. So Maybe you're really, really into it. it. Because I actually kind of remember that. Did she get nominated for an Oscar for that around yes. the same time? I think she might have got nominated for an Oscar for something else as well. There was a time when she was just in everything a few years ago. Yes, she was in the Tom Ford film a few years ago. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh yeah, incredible oh film. Oh my God. And it didn't get any real... Oscars oh. notice really I, got, I think I only got like one nomination and I thought it was on the films of the year yeah the opening scene is incredible oh the yeah, the, yeah yeah now I'm gonna have to think of the name of this because of oh. Tom Ford film yeah I'm sorry I'm gonna have to Google it's, you now Google Ford I think films. it begins with I I don't know why I'm thinking that uh, 
It's one word, isn't it? Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals. Oh, yeah. Amazing film. I loved it. And that's based on a book, so we can talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a book during the week, which came from New Ireland, which actually looks really, really good. It's by Mary McGill, The Visibility Trap. So it's about sexism, surveillance and social media. So it's kind of the female experience online. Sounds brilliant. I don't know what else to say because I haven't read it yet, but I just, I love the concept and kind of how social media is a new type of public space that has revolutionized the ways women express themselves, placing the power of representation in female hands like no technology before. But this increased visibility looks both ways with gazed upon also gazing back through platforms designed for judgment and surveillance. Really good read. I'm gonna read this and report that back. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah. So, are you reading anything good? Well, I suppose you've just handed in your assignments. So. No, yeah, but I, I've ordered the book that Laura recommended, set in Ghana. Transcendent Kingdom. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yes. I've ordered that. So that's so, coming next. Um, really looking forward but to at that. the moment, I'm listening to Evening Class by Maeve Binchy, which I'm loving listening to. It's really good. Oh. She's so I'm not actually physically, I haven't got a physical book at the moment. Do you know what I've been watching, it's on Netflix at the moment, is Episodes. Have you seen that, the Matt LeBlanc series? No, is it good? Really funny. Is it? Really good. Really good. It's actually only on for another two or three weeks on Netflix. It, oh, it, no, the license ends on the 19th that? of yeah. May. Really Fair funny. He plays himself, but like an awful version of himself. Like an egotistical narcissist. But kind of him too. It's brilliant and really, really funny. I think that's all I've been up to this week. I've been reading, there's an amazing creative writing book by Dorothea Brand, Becoming a Writer. Highly recommend. It came out in the 30s, but it's never been out of print. But it's it's kind of about writing technique and process, but kind of a lot about writing temperament and writing life. So it makes oh, it very good. good. So it's probably one of my favourite. I've read it every couple of years. Uh, really? Since my master's, yeah. And Just help you. It's like having a friend who understands what it is to be a writer and the temperament of a writer. And so it's less about like, put a comma here, but it's more about how it is to live life as a writer. It's excellent. It's really, really good. It's it's a classic and rightly so. It's a brilliant book. So that's it. What about Pearl and Nancy? What are they up to? What are they up to? (laughs) I don't know. Well, they are like, they're not even two. So they don't have to be up to much, really. (laughs) No, it's going to, because I'm going to be off with them now, like for... When school finishes on the 28th of May, and then I'm like off until. Are you going to have a summer holiday? Um, and a staycation? A staycation. We're going to camping somewhere in Wicklow, but loads of my friends are going as well. My sister's oh, going. I know. Um, and it's the weekend of the girl's birthday as well. We're going like a for mini me festival. and my sister are going for a week, and then other friends are like coming along at different stages along the week. Oh, that's so that's hopefully, if things continue, but hopefully they will, like mm, that we can yeah. go you know intercounty travel still available and blah, blah. And yes. my mum and dad got the vaccine which is brilliant oh brilliant so you feel less yeah worries that yeah yeah that's fantastic i just i've heard i've heard loads of people that i know getting the vaccine now have you Beautiful definitely like john's parents and, yeah. and people around kenmare but they're saying we'll all have had our first vaccine by the end of june which is amazing so, and we're going to be okay for the well oh you're not because you're over 30 <laughs> <laughs> This is me and, and the, my old, youth. the older box category. <laughs> They're going to allow over 40s to get the Johnson & Johnson one, which is the one I want because just I don't one. mean it's I done. want, but I mean it's just one. Yeah. You're done. And Are the under 40s not allowed to get the Johnson & Johnson? No, because the clotting issue. Oh, feck. I was just well, hoping to get it over and done with and just be like, get on with my they life. They might change it because they had, it was over 50s and now they've brought it down to over 40s. So they might change it again because the okay. chances are like, 
the same as a woman being on the contraceptive pill that you're going to be clocked. That's the same chances. Like I think they said there's more chance of you like getting hit by a car if you walked outside yeah. the door. Like it's yeah, the odds are really, tiny, yeah. like one in a million kind of stuff. So no, well, I totally just exciting though, isn't it? That Life people are yeah will resume. And that boy Slim did a gig at the weekend in London. And did you see that in Liverpool? Yes. Yeah. I saw some people out in like bars and stuff in LA. Oh just like I thought, look, great, great crack. <laughs> it's just like crawling, clawing at the I window. Know. But the main thing is bookshops will be open. For Jamie's book. My book coming June. out. Did I mention my book? <laughs> my book coming out on June 3rd in all good bookshops. <laughs> Pre-order now. It'll be weird because it'll be like obviously up in Goodreads and stuff like that. So obviously I'm hoping that the general big paper reviews would be good but yeah like there's always people on goodreads who don't like books yeah exactly don't even yeah. be i'm not gonna go there that. i'm don't. not even gonna go there same <laughs> with amazon like people sometimes people just make comments for the sake of making a comment yeah true you know? i remember seeing a youtube video and there was like a kitten and it sneezed and there was like a gazillion likes and like 33 dislikes and then just someone had written fucking kitten <laughs> and i thought if that kitten which is the cutest thing i've ever seen go can get a bad review then like there'll always be those 33 dislikes <laughs> in the thousands Fucking exactly <laughs> and like you don't like everything's not for everybody no back to books business we were really lucky last week that we had on laura king who Woo! runs laura eats books she's an amazing uh book blogger book reviewer kind of books the best read book person I can think of she I think reads she said it 100 books a year wasn't it yeah. so and hard books as well <laughs> <laughs> well I know she did that she didn't talk about it on the thing but I know with one of her friends it did that challenge like April Karenina can you try and read um Anna Karenina during the month of April <laughs> that's a huge book that's pretty good going so it was great to have her on she was amazing because the three of us reviewed Listening Still by Anne Griffin, which is just out last week. Yeah. And it was great, to, I suppose, the three of us to come together and give our thoughts on uh, what we liked about the book. I suppose let's get cracking. Let's get I'm talking about what we're going to talk about. So I might as well just get to what we're talking about. It's very meta. <laughs> okay, here's Laura. Here's Listening Still. Go! Go! <laughs> So Laura, we're absolutely thrilled to have you on the podcast today. I don't think I know anyone who knows more about books than you do, I don't, or, or as, as well read as you. So, <laughs> and I know the. <laughs> so, I mean, you work in publishing, but you have Laura eats books, where you review more books than I don't. But that's going to be the big question today: is figure out <laughs> how on earth are you reading all these books? So, I'm fascinated to know. And uh, to give us an expert eye, because we're going to be reviewing Listening Still by Anne Griffin, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. So, we'll have a discussion about that in a minute. But first, it's going to be the grilling now. Tell us, <laughs> how'd you do it? <laughs> this is great. It's going to come out like I actually don't read books at all. Like, I'm a big fraud. Like, I can't wait. Can't wait to be exposed. No, no, it was really kind. Um, fine of you to say that. And I, yeah, I guess I do read a lot. I suppose I, I know a lot of readers. Everybody reads at their pace, I guess. Like, yeah. and the people sometimes I would consider very well read. Like, I don't know how many books they read a month or a year, but they're certainly very knowledgeable. Like, they certainly can talk in a really interesting way about it. Yeah, I guess a few years ago, I suppose kind of when I started working first in book selling and then publishing, like, you're just so aware of all these like new releases coming out or like these amazing like cult classics that like you would have never heard of or classics. So I suppose like the pressure kind of 
feels like it's on a little bit but I, I don't think it should have to be I think it's because everybody kind of reads like what they want and at their own pace but yeah for sure I felt that a lot like and I think it's something that's quite nice about kind of using social media to talk about books and charities as well you kind of like you are motivated to keep reading because you're seeing what everybody else is talking about did um, I see you had a challenge last year like was it 100 books in 100 days or 80 books in 80 days oh, like oh god no like in a year no but um, oh. I do <laughs> maybe I'm completely wrong I just remember seeing something you were you were there was like a challenge of so many books I think yeah so I think I joined Goodreads in like 2015 because I wanted to to read more I'd gone to college and I'd left college and I kind of wasn't reading for fun as much anymore I think that happens to a lot of people like you're a huge Mm. reader when you're a child and then I did English in college so you're kind of forced to keep up a bit but then I suppose you kind of fall out of love with it which is such a pity if that's like your main hobby and that's why you chose to study those subjects and I remember doing a good few things kind of joining various book clubs or just trying to read all the things that I hadn't really gotten around to when I was in college or whatever but I think yeah it was really good for me to join something like Goodreads there are kind of non-Amazon alternatives now like Storygraph and so on or just keeping a book journal to kind of say like okay that's cool I've finished that book and what did I think of that and and Goodreads you can set a challenge for yourself like how many books you're going to read in a year and I think the first year I set it to like 50 and I read maybe 70 and then I did 100 the next year and then I kind of dropped off. So I've done 100, I suppose, the last few years. An interesting way, way that I've been thinking about the last few months is that I realized through just this charting on Goodreads and in the last few years, I've done a thread on Twitter, just like a short one line review as I finish a book like in the moment. And um, I realized I'd read exactly the same amount of books in 2019 and 2020. And I thought that was crazy. Because what I remember of 2020 is like, I didn't think I read that much. I was so worried. I was doom scrolling the entire time. Um, I was watching a lot more TV. You know, I guess, yes, I was home for pretty much all of it. Um, But I think for the first time, my reading wasn't consistent. Um, And I suppose that made me think about how I read. So I always would have said, like, you've got 10 minutes on a train. Cool. Without your book. You always have your book on you. Like, okay, are you scrolling on your phone? Do you really want to be? No. Put your phone in the other room read now I would say well I'll only watch one episode of tv tonight like I'll watch a 45 minute episode and watch spend the other 45 minutes um reading or, or just even really short little mm-hmm. chunks whereas last year it completely changed because I had no routine I had no commute I had no I'm waiting here for a friend sure I'll just pop out my book it'll be great and it was like I nearly had to relearn how I do it yeah. and I can actually tell because I keep a, a diary just for my own kind of thoughts like about things I'll be reading and um, so up and down it'd be like read 100 pages of this today no bother or I have not read in three days I've just been watching the news. For me reading what well, I set myself a tiny daily target which is 10 pages a day oh, that's cool. and because what happens is then you end up reading 10 you end up reading 50 but the rule is just because you're at 50 doesn't mean you get the next five days off like the 10 starts <laughs> once the clock hits 12 you've 10 pages the following day you know so so actually it sounds tiny so you can't actually justify not doing it because that 10 minutes as you said on a bus or a journey 10 pages is 10 minutes like it's such a small amount of time and out of that now I am a consistent reader because the one thing I found and maybe it's an age thing my brain like really fights concentration. That's it not a new thing. It's from the phone. It's from your oh phone. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Just from so, yeah. We never have a minute where you're not doing anything. You can all see it's like if you're in a queue, you like you take out your phone, like why? Just stand mm. in the queue. <laughs> we're we're just programmed. As my husband says, people more intelligent than us are working hard to get us hooked on these things. 
and they're doing a very good oh job my God. <laughs> because because <laughs> i find there's a barrier with it as well once i get the first 50 pages of a book read which could uh, you know i'm pushing mm. through that resistance the 50 pages afterwards like fly yeah. Oh, yeah so it's a weird it's like the brain clicks and goes okay now i'm into a concentration zone it's almost like you've ran a 5k or something yeah. the first kilometer is hell and yeah. then you you get into it and the same when reading a book like i find the first 50 pages of a book that could well be the 10 pages of the day for five days and then suddenly it's 50 pages and then it's like I finished the book in a sitting which is actually one of the theories as to why do people not sort of attracted to the short story you'd think in our modern world a short story short commitment 10 pages 15 pages you know you're not committing to a novel it should be the dream scenario for our modern world but the problem is it requires such concentration for 15 pages but your next 15 pages aren't easier again because you've worked into it your next 15 pages are starting from beginning so the level of concentration to read a short story collection is like reading the first 20 pages of a book for a whole book (laughs) yeah a lot of people like things sewn up and you never get that with a short story yeah actually that's true I've, I've had yeah. people say that like that they don't like books that are vague yeah and I was like oh I had never thought about it that way but I suppose the nature of a short story is that you're leaving so much open yeah. like you, you are tying it up in your way but you're leaving so much open and as well it's kind of harder work to for the reader isn't it like yeah. you have to you construct so much that's outside those 15 yeah. or 20 pages I would have written mostly short stories before the novel plug 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 <laughs> and really? actually I a novel I'd be like Molly Sugden do you remember the things in Little written Molly Sugden's bridesmaid <laughs> my novel uh, <laughs> but I actually had to write an extra section on the end of my book and that was because I think as a short story writer I didn't want to put sort of the bow on the end of a book but mm. actually my editor was like people have read 300 pages <laughs> <laughs> they want an ending they need it you know you have to give them something you can't leave it this yeah. cliffhangery whereas I would never do that with a short story you know people want the finale they want people to feel want satisfied to not, yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah. I have a quick fire round for you for questions so okay. good favorite book in the last 12 months Transcendent Kingdom by yeah Jesse yes you talked about this a lot on the on, on your Instagram I know and, and I even messaged yes. you I was like you did Hello. haven't talked to you in a while I think you'd like this <laughs> I'm going I door to door now <laughs> I need to get this tell me about it yeah it's a she's fantastic um her first book Homegoing came out in 2016 I think and it absolutely just blew my mind it's this family saga it's spanning like 300 years starting with two half sisters in Ghana um one is sold into slavery and goes to America and, and the other stays in Ghana and it goes down through all the descendants as they're going along. So when she brought out her next book, Transcendent Kingdom, I obviously pre-ordered it like yeah. straight away. I was running into books upstairs the moment they opened. <laughs> and <laughs> your you. all-time favourite book? Do you know, the book that I've reread most, certainly as an adult, is Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. I'm a huge fan of Virginia Woolf anyway. I think I've read it maybe eight or nine times, starting maybe when I was 20 one maybe 2021 in college and every time I've read it I found something completely new which is crazy because it's such a short book (laughs) what what am I doing when I read it each time but I think there's just so much packed in there like there's not a word out of place um I love Virginia Woolf anyway and actually a few years ago I kind of made a project of it to kind of read a different book by her a month reread or or read a different book by her a month I I just get something more out of her in, in each novel or each short or each I don't know, essay each time. I think she's just fantastic. What is your, do you have any sort of indulgent treat, like kids book that you've go back to? Um, like you know, a... Well, I mean, huge Harry Potter fan growing okay. up, but I suppose even more so there's um, a book called Beauty by Robin McKinley. 
that I yes. went through a phase of reading at Christmas, like pretty much every year for a while, which is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And I remember I own a copy that my parents got for me a few years later because I probably was just kept borrowing it from the library, like the same copy yeah. again and again. I think because I love Beauty and the Beast, the Disney film when I was yeah. a child. Oh, yes. So then when I was kind of like preteen teenager, I probably like kept going back to this book that I felt like really deepened that story it's so comforting probably because that was my childhood favorite film and now it's comforting because it was a teenage favorite book all these past selves reading the yeah. same book I, yeah i really love so laura is joining us today to review Anne griffin's new book listening still now Anne's debut novel came out a couple of years ago it was called when all is said now i'm looking at the page of reviews here and there's probably about 35 reviews which are all glowing for when all is said it was translated to 16 languages it was the waterstones paperback of the year it was the winner of the irish independent newcomer of the year award at the irish book awards and it was the best-selling debut of 2019 this book was hugely anticipated Huge. listening still i'll just tell you a bit of the blurb here Jeannie masterson has a gift she can hear the recently dead and give voice to their final wishes and revelations inherited from her father this gift has enabled her family of undertakers to flourish in their small irish town yet she has always been uneasy about censoring some of the dead's last messages to the living Unsure too about the choice she made when she left school 17 years ago to stay or to leave for her new life in London with her charismatic teenage sweetheart. So when Jeannie's parents unexpectedly announce their plan to retire, she is jolted out of her limbo. In this captivating successor to her best-selling debut, Anne Griffin portrays a young woman who is torn between duty, a comfortable marriage, and a role she both loves and hates, and her last chance to break free, unaware that she has not been alone in softening the truth for a long while. So what was your favourite part of this book? I actually thought the um, connection between Jeannie and her brother was probably the most interesting and, and a really endearing part of the book. It seems when you start reading the book as if like everything in, in Jeannie's life is this obligation. Like she's got this this incredible gift, but it's really weighing on her. You know, things with her family is weighing on her. Even things with, with her marriage, you know, it's not without problems. And in a way, on the surface, you could think that Jeannie, who in ways cares for her brother, who's um, her older brother and he's autistic, it could be just one more obligation, but it seems like her love for him is just really, really real. And it's probably the most real love that we see in the book because she takes him completely at his own terms and he does for her as well. And I think it's that he doesn't seem to expect something of her. <clears throat> and I think that that seems to be really good for her as well. I think there another author could have made that very much like, oh, I... I look after my, my brother in this quite patronizing way, but in a way they kind of look after each other, I think, in really lovely ways. Yeah, actually, that's really, because me and Jane we were talking about this and it's actually, she does portray that relationship really well and it's not, it's not kind of tokenistic. Well, even when they're dividing out the magazines and he's got all these logic about how it's going to all work, there's no resistance from, she just goes with it. And it's, it's probably one of the kind of most attractive parts of her personality, I thought, because I think the question... Like, poor old Niall yeah. gets an awful ordeal. Oh, my ordeal. God. Yeah. Poor Niall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all thought that. Because <laughs> I thought he was the big kind of victim in the book, more so even than, than Jeannie. I came to the end and I thought, oh, God. And you know what? I'd have gone for Niall to begin with. Yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah. the captain of the, you know what I mean? Like, he's the way he's physically gorgeous. He's, like he's the nicest guy around. Lovely. Yeah, he, like, fit right in with the family. Oh, I know. But it was in a way that's good because... I think it kind of goes against kind of what we might yeah. kind of say. Like, this is we expect the characters to do these kind of things. Like, you know, I would do this, so the character must do this. Or, or even like that. There, in order for there to be problems in a relationship in in fiction, 
that the the main character is completely perfect and their partner has to have some like pretty serious flaws so we don't get too much on their side as well but it's probably more like life but like yeah look there could be this really amazing person and yeah. it's just not working but I mean I didn't yeah. take it like that at the time but yeah. <laughs> don't you say that about him <laughs> but do you think she is a character who is usually a secondary character in another book the girl who stays at home and does the right thing yeah. is very rarely the hero of a book I thought in that way it was interesting but it also shows to me, which is kind of what I believe in real life, which is doing the quote unquote right thing rather than the thing that is you feel in your bones always comes back to bite you. Yeah. It comes back to bite you. You cannot sustain doing the right thing for your whole yeah, life. For your whole life. Yeah. I just don't think that's possible. And in a way, she's sort of probably going through her teenagehood in her 30s. Yeah. In, in a way that kind of break with the order of her life. I don't know. That's definitely how I would have interpreted that. What did you think about the, because I know Sarah and I are going to totally, because we've talked about this before, the conceit of her being able to hear the voices of the the characters. Now, I am very just open to all that. And, you know, like, so, you know, I've, I would happily go to a fortune teller or anything like that. So I'm able to go with that completely but and Sarah enjoy it. <laughs> Sarah, I know, and it's nothing to do with this book. I'd be sitting no, on here going like, send your energies. And Sarah's like, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> actually, one thing that I actually really liked about that and all those bits, it was really reminded me of, you ever remember the film My Girl? And it was sad. They had they lived in uh, the Undertakers. In oh, the Undertakers. <laughs> in, have you ever seen My Girl, the film? No. no. It's also oh, it's re, it's oh, such a lovely film. That's and that's what it was. It was nice. It reminded me of that. It's set around their family run and live in an Undertakers, and it was similar to that. And I, I, I like she liked that aspect of the story, the living and the dead and all that. Didn't that I was okay with that. But also the things that are unsaid. But, yeah. You know, she spent her whole life not saying things, and yeah. then she's actually then the voice for people who've died not saying their things you know so there's that kind of irony in that that she's saying everyone else's truth or hearing it but actually her own truth is slowly being forced out of her because she won't volunteer it herself I suppose really until it's she's put into quite a difficult situation an interesting profession isn't it yeah how would you get into it unless you were born into it yeah I don't think it's something like a friend of yours would turn around and say oh I think I might become an undertaker when you hear for an undertaker it's always like a family business and people grow up and into the business the only people who'd say that would be like 13 year old goths who go into (laughs) Stephen's Green and like go to What's that hot yeah. topic or no? What's what's the name of the? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually, to be honest, I like you know I'm pretty open to books about the supernatural. But what I actually love about this type of use of the supernatural in a book is that it's kind of not the main thing. There just happens to be like the occasional person who can talk to a dead person. But people, by and large, seem to accept that in that world. Like you now, some people are like you know they think they're a bit mad, but. You know, like they fit in with the town. They've got that business. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're the ones who talk to the dead. Like, that's yeah. fine. But I always quite like that when that's kind of just a by the way. And it, it allows certain things to happen for the plot. But it's not the whole point. And I think like I particularly love like quite ordinary, everyday kind of settings with a bit of magic. Or even when the magic itself is kind of quite ordinary. It's used to explore quite ordinary parts of the human condition as well. Like, it's not like she goes off and spoilers and fight like some aliens or, yeah. or whatever in a way it's like you can die you can die with things on set and there is a danger that genie is going to die with things on set unless 
the events that happen in this book happen. Yeah, like Laura said, because it's not the main thing of the story, no. sometimes you can put people off with things like saying things like that. No. When it, it yeah, I think a lot of people could be put off and said, oh, it's that woman who talks to dead people. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> either it me. sounds no. miserable yeah. or I just don't like. You're actually right. Yeah. yeah, that's but not yeah, the point. Yeah. It's just like a little bit, and it's the way that Anne Griffin uses the supernatural gift in order to explore these kind of like the the unsaid parts yeah. of these people's lives in this kind of quiet, quite unremarkable town as well. What uh, surprised you most about the book? Because I, I know one thing surprised me and happily surprised me, and that was the ending. And I'm not going to say, I thought that oh. was very, it was for me, that was the best bit of the whole book was that there would have been such a temptation to just go yeah. a different way. I just don't even want to say, but I have but to no, say I found say, the ending. Yeah, Anne Griffin is really good at endings. The ending of um, When All Is Said as well is... Yeah, um, for me, I just thought the ending, it had that yeah, like, not I, entirely predictable, you know what I mean? It yeah, didn't... I thought I knew what was going to happen. I was quite happy with that. Mm. You know, I think that that's a really nice thing some, in some types yeah. of books that you're like, oh yeah, I kind of got this now. And Especially then, during the, the, at the moment. At, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in this situation, like you don't want any more surprises. Exactly. You know, but, yeah. but it was it was nice. It's like, it was oh, nice. Yeah. Like I kind of it played with kind of my preconceptions of how this type of book was going to be, um, both in terms of like one issue, something that comes out in the plot, um, and then another thing is like how they choose to wrap up stuff with the characters. Like it just it, it played with how I thought this book was going to go, and I think that's lovely because it's it's both kind of it's actually quite a comforting book, I would say, and quite an uplifting book despite yes. it being about death. But it doesn't always take the easy way out as well, no. so it's enough to keep you quite engaged, I think. And I think the ending really. Is what makes the book. Yeah. If you had to compare it to any other book or maybe any other author's writing, is there anyone you would compare it to? Cecilia Hearn. Oh yes. Well, just purely the kind of magic, the mix of yeah, the mix of magic, of magic yeah. and the yeah. kind of the everyday, and that it's a story about you know it was about a woman kind of finding herself, I suppose. Mm. I think that's it because I think that's something that Cecilia Hearn has done um, nicely once or twice, where she yeah. adds in just a little bit of. Little touch of magic and yeah, it kind of, of magic. allows that to bring out elements that maybe wouldn't have been visible in people or to push the story along in different ways. Mm. I was thinking Graham Norton actually. I know she's doing an event with Ooh. Graham Norton, who I thought yeah. that kind of country yeah. town novel, but kind of a good summer good read, country, you know, a good story. Yeah. Like everything's gonna open up in Ireland again in the next few weeks. Oh, please. And you know, well, we'll all be staycationing, but this would be a great sort of staycation kind of book, I thought. Oh, yeah, just absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just a good Oh, it's gonna read. be you know that it's gonna be one that everyone's gonna be reading over the oh yeah for sure. the holiday. Oh, it looks really yeah. nice as well. It's a lovely book. It's oh, yeah. great. I like the yeah. treatment, the jacket treatment. So Laura, what was your favorite passage in the book? There's I suppose there's something in the novel that kind of explores um this was her relationship to undertaking um, and, and the family business uh, that is run mostly by her, her dad, but also her aunt. Um, and she becomes more aware of someone a little bit more like her, another woman. Mm. And there's a great part of the novel where she says the gender breakdown undertaking still weighs heavily towards men, which is odd given that women were the carers of family and neighbours, washing and laying them out for centuries long before science money to testosterone ever got their hands on it and I thought that it was just like so many other professions like it's like how like computer scientists you know were women first and it was pitched to women because it was like it's like solving a problem who to have at the dinner table or or a knitting pattern and it was like oh my god I think that's one of the times that Anne Griffin really kind of like comes out with what she wants to say 
about yeah. certain kind of treatment yes. of gender in the novel. And I thought, thought that was really lovely. And it was great to chat about this book and just a great read, I think, as it comes out, just in time for summer and all our yeah. holidays and uh, just an excellent escape. Perfect for your staycation, as you yeah, said. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And speaking of which, Sarah and I were discussing our favourite holiday reads and I think I said it to yourself, Laura. So we're all going to yeah. just say one book that we think is just like the perfect summer read as you go on your summer holidays. So actually one that's coming out, I think this week, is The Road Trip by Beth O'Leary. Now, people might have read her first two books called The Flap Chair was her debut and then The Switch. And I am obsessed <laughs> with both <laughs> those books. So I read her new one, The Road Trip, a couple of months ago. Um, actually during winter when I had the proof but all I could think is how much I wanted to be like like not even on a sun holiday just some just somewhere else <laughs> in, Ireland. in a car with your friends <laughs> just yeah in a car with my friends like what would that be like um and it's <laughs> fantastic listen to girls aloud <laughs> oh my god no it's Taylor Swift all the way <laughs> and actually Taylor so Swift perfect. features in the road trip and I was like yes I'm really with my people here. Um, oh. but yeah, it's a great kind of summer romance, but also kind of like a buddy read. It's about, um, so there's two best friends are on their way to uh, an old friend's wedding and they have like uh, some other guy, a stranger in the car that they're given a lift to. So it's already pretty awkward. And then they get into like a very minor collision with another car. They get out and who is it? Only the ex-boyfriend of the main character who she hasn't seen in two years since or a year and a half since it went really really badly and his best friend um who she seems to have always hated <laughs> and they then have to drive from, i think it's from like london to scotland but they have to go on a long car journey to get to this wedding in time and just like everything happens in order to like make the situation more awkward to make the journey <laughs> more awkward as well and it flashes back and forth to how the the exes met in this kind of summer world when romance in France uh, and that's oh, contrasted okay. between them like stuck on a motorway trying not to murder each other and it's <laughs> oh it's just so good what did you pick Jamie did you pick I picked well it's one that I've read before and I just remember when we actually were able to travel back in Nice I was reading Love Nina oh. on oh a God. beach <laughs> on I a beach it's so oh, good amazing. and I just was smacking my ex actually who was sitting next to me at the time reading the book I was like cackling laughing like ah you read this listen 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 this is amazing the 20th time I did it he was like look I'll just read the book after you would you yeah. ever just stop <laughs> I don't know how about you Sarah oh, mine's not really I picked Rebecca I, I just love Rebecca Sarah I don't <laughs> did you get the brief <laughs> no but I actually I was thinking about it like for summer if you enjoy yeah. reading I think your reading doesn't have to be light just because you're on holiday like, I actually would say that as well. Yeah. I can have time off. I tend to read something a bit tougher yeah. or longer. And as well, at the start, they're in the south of France. True. And then they go, have you read Rebecca? Me? Yeah. I've watched the first like 20 minutes of the TV oh, show. The- oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. It's dreadful. <laughs> Just seeing like Sarah being like one day, you know, kind of writing a feature for Gloss magazine. They're like, put some summer reads in Sarah. And she's Rebecca like, is- I've worn peace by the <laughs> No, Rebecca isn't heavy at all. No, no, Rebecca is like a page turner. Yeah, like you'll be up all night reading that. And it's set in a massive house, but the backdrop is the sea. I just, I love Rebecca. I've read it a few times now. Yeah, I actually hadn't read it until a few years ago, and I was at my book club, and someone compared the book to Rebecca, and I was like, oh yeah, I've never read Daphne du Maurier, and there was this like 
like really chilly silence and I was like oh oh did I just admit something <laughs> but oh no um I I think that book's fantastic uh I was gonna add before we finish all of our oh, episodes yes oh, so <laughs> so yes yeah, so we finished with coffee and a quote so uh what is your coffee and a quote for us well I'm gonna look like a big sado because <laughs> <laughs> my my quote is from Virginia Woolf. Who else? It was really easy when um you said to come up with a quote and use part of the podcast because I literally have it on a print on my wall. So no I way. I got it a few years ago and it says, "No need to hurry, no need to sparkle, no need to be anybody but oneself." And that's from a room one Love, song, Love it. Is that is beautiful. That's really nice. important book to me mm. um, and to a lot of other people that quote in its own if you hadn't read it like I think it's the no need to hurry like right we know about that and and no need to be anybody with no oneself you're like oh yeah, yeah I've heard that but the no need to sparkle I think really hits home as well because if you're you know anyway a perfectionist or like you want to appear a certain way to other people or um it's yeah. like, no why like why why would you do that Laura, it was so lovely was to have you lovely. on and that was an amazing quote a lovely lovely quote I love thank that you quote, yeah. uh, no wonder you, you have it on your wall yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw it a few years ago and I was like, oh yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. And uh to I suppose to Anne Griffin, we will say good, good luck, luck with, with the, the book. book. So thank you so much, Laura, for coming on. That was absolutely amazing. It was we'll so have to have nice you on again. Definitely. Yes, just your insights were brilliant. Actually, there was a lot of things I hadn't realized or really picked yeah. up on Anne Griffin, which was amazing. And congratulations, Anne Griffin. Yeah, fantastic. Another hit. Another, yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So just really interesting. I thought that just the character dynamics between them were great. Yeah. Uh, really good book club book, because I think everyone lots, will definitely lots bring... to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Same with you. Same Excellent. with her other book as well. Excellent. If you haven't read it, so it was a really yeah. good book. Go and buy it now. Brilliant. I, I love that I'm like, go out and buy it now. Like, <laughs> this is a woman who's a best-selling author. <laughs> um, well, I don't mind, can I just say, it's kind of disgusting. Go for it. I don't know if I really want to share this, but I kind of do. So do you use a shower cap? No, never have. No. Okay, right. So I use a shower cap. So it's just in the shower. It's a shower cap, put out my hair, have a shower. Da, da, da. And then <laughs> the other day I smelled it. And it's fucking disgusting because I've never washed it. And I just oh, never, God. I know. And I never thought about washing it. Well, they're kind of plastic. You think it just kind of rinses clean, no? But it has the, no, it has like the toweling inside oh. on the inside and then the plastic on the outside. And then it's in your bathroom. So, which catches all the moisture and stuff into the shower cap as well. So I didn't know. Gross. And then I Googled it and apparently it's thick. That's the thing. <laughs> God. You're probably not going to realize that till you realize it though. Yeah, I know. And now I'm like, now it's part of my, like throw the towels in the wash, put the shower cap in. I just know. Like how many, is that, are we talking years? Stop. oh my god sarah <laughs> i don't know years i don't live in my house years i wouldn't even have a year okay it could be over a year though but like think about it why would you wash it well, i suppose it gets damp and then just the damp yeah. sitting in it, and it gets a bit moldy in it. that would never you know because it's just a thing that's in the bathroom you know just put it back up on the hook well and bathrooms really get really gross yeah like they're proper they're bacteria grounds aren't they really yeah but like i would wash like i'm not i'm a clean or Person. No, you are. Yeah, sheets every yeah. week. I wash my face cloth every day. <laughs> like my face cloth, I, I will clean my face and throw it in the wash. But this, the shower cap, I just never 
kind of. I'm trying, trying to think of anything like that in my life where I've discovered <laughs> something disgusting. Uh, and it is disgusting. And I was so disgusted about it. And then I kept like thinking about it. And ugh. But the one thing I'll say is, you know, we live in such like lives where everything is maintained the whole time. So, you know, showering all the time and yeah. all the rest of it. And then during lockdown, obviously wasn't able to get haircuts for about four months. Mm. And then you just turn into an animal. We're, we're just holding back <laughs> the rottenness. Like we are just in a constant state. And do you know what? It gets worse as you get older. The, the layers of looking presentable just grow and grow and grow. You, like a little bit of moisturizer when you're 20 is fine. And suddenly at 30, it's like four serums and Botox. Stop. And then like... Like I'm gone grey, so I'm like, do I bother with that? Which I've decided, obviously, no, I'm not going to. It just, I just don't think I can face. Well, for men, I just, I don't mean this in a sexist way, but if, or if you have short hair, like really short hair, it's just going to be grey in a day. Yeah. What's the yeah. point? No, but I mean, one cotton would be gone. Yeah. There's a I line in Tina Facebook actually. She says, "You reach a certain point in your life where your body just wants to be disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> and I feel I'm heading that way, like just. I'm constantly looking in my ears to go like, because I know my grandfather and father, it oh, did happen. Hair? Ear hair, yeah. So yeah. I'm constantly aware yeah. of it. And I know this, I go to a barber. To it out. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, Sarah. <laughs> I hope it was a lot of money. But I wouldn't care about plugging. It's just a plug. Would you? Uh, but you're like John. I'd be standing sometimes in the bathroom brushing my teeth, you know, with, with just topless or whatever in a pair of sweatpants. And John is straight and looking at my back, looking for a spot. That's just the thrill of his life. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, it's leave me alone. The because the problem is then, like, you'd go after a few spots and I'd look in the mirror at my back. I look like I've been trampled on by a herd of elephants. <laughs> but I suppose chimpanzees do it. It's yeah, a sign exactly. of affection. And yeah. we're, uh, we're not that far from them. No, well, that's true. Oh, With that's our manky funny. shower caps. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something disgusting. Maybe we should ask John. Something disgusting I do. I can think of one, but I'm not saying it, actually. <laughs> something. <laughs> something disgusting. <laughs> Oh no, well I used to have a, I don't know if I can leave this in. So I <laughs> shared a house with people in my younger days. Uh, this is years ago now. Okay. But obviously when you share a house with people, you're bordering rooms, bedrooms border bedrooms, and obviously just noise. Okay. So I always used to play, if I had a friend or whatever, or, or somebody I was dating was around, you wouldn't want to put on something too lady and reddish, do you know what I mean? Like, because you're going to kill the boss either. Like, gay men are scared of that kind of stuff. So I'd be trying to find to add like a neutral album, and so my <laughs> sex album <laughs> was Khalees. She had an album out a few years ago called Flesh Tone. <laughs> no, no, no. The album after that, she had a dance album after that called Flesh Tone. Jamie, now we can all just, just no. So you know the, like... do you know the album? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, acapella, she had that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that album, I'm assuming, like, my flatmates would hear the beat of that coming through the walls and be like... Run! Oh. <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't really disgusting. It was sort of uh, a, consider a consideration for my... <laughs> but I'm sure they just heard, like, Khalees, and they're just, like, shuddered, like, oh, God. They probably now, it's probably, like, some kind of Pavlov song. <laughs> <laughs> they hear that in a supermarket or something. <laughs> that's uh, no, 
my revelation for today. I don't know if it's a can I just say, but anyhow, it'll do. So we finish up all our episodes with our coffee and a quote. Sarah, I actually have to ask you to do your quote first because... Yeah, no, that's no problem. I don't have one. (gasps) I know, but I have one off the cuff. Well, oh, just written on my desk. well, I just yeah. kind of went with what we were talking about our summer reads and that kind of thing. So this is mine that I found, but I don't know who said it. Reading is a discount ticket to everywhere. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Read a book. You can go anywhere. It's true. Yes. Isn't it? uh, and Proust said the great journeys we make in life are not to far off places, but to have new eyes to see the world yeah. as someone else sees it, which is what fiction does. So Yeah, I like it. Go. Jamie, who do you oh. think we mentioned more? Sex in the City or Proust? <laughs> Or my book, which is coming out on June 3rd. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, it's right. very high-low culture. Okay, I'm going to have to try and... Uh... High-low, I love it. Higher order questioning. Oh my God. I'm just going to find a quote. My milkshake brings all the points. Oh my... No. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're in May and May is my favourite month of the year. Oh, is it? Yeah. I just find it... Kind of hopeful or something. I always think of running in May as one of the things I love most to do in life it's like a, a May day and all the greenery is coming up and yeah. the leaves look all green and fresh and like ugh, the sun is kind of warming up but it's not like blasting heat either and I just always see myself like on a country road running in dappled ice and it's like I, I can't think of anything in the world that brings me more joy than that I absolutely love it so is there any quotes about May I'm trying to think the darling buds of May Oh, oh no, I know one actually. I have one here now, just based on that. It's free association. Sonnet 18. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling Darling buds of May. May And summer's lease. These have all too short a breath. Short a date. (laughs) Sometimes too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often in his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair some time declines by chance of nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe and eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. This gives life to thee. Oh, oh my very God. good. Brilliant. So before we go today, this is episode seven of obviously eight in a series. We did eight for a series. We're doing eight this series. And actually our final episode, because my book got pushed back a few weeks. Your book? You have a book? I have a book coming out to tell you that. <laughs> Dying for Pearls, out 3rd of June in all good bookstores, pre-ordered now. But anyway, so I have my book coming out. So we've, and it got pushed back a month. So the final episode, which is episode eight, was just going to be myself and Sarah, probably in the same room again or in the garden or something. <gasps> having a bottle of Prosecco and just celebrating yes! the launch of that book and God, a bit really of crack try. so it's going to be episode episode eight we'll finish out the series with that, that. so hang in there guys it'll be a couple of weeks maybe three weeks rather than two weeks but anyway yeah. it'll, it'll pop up on your it'll pop up on your thing your feed anyway when it's yeah. done so the final episode and if you want to listen back to the other episodes absolutely <laughs> and pass the pod <laughs> waiting for a new episode so encourage uh, that. yes and do uh, let everyone know. Pass the pod, rate and Pass review. Pod. Absolutely. So and go on to Goodreads and give Jamie five as well. Oh my god. <laughs> just read a load of reviews up there, like one star, and just say mewing kitten. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sneezing kitten. As always, whatever you're reading. Whatever you're writing. Good luck, good with, luck the with the book. book.